Hi, everyone. Welcome to Humane Voices. Uh, today, we are here to talk about a situation that, of course, has been all over the news recently, just the incredibly heartbreaking situation in the Ukraine. Obviously, when there's a war, people are horribly impacted. And, and as folks are fleeing Ukraine and trying to find refuge in other countries, a lot of them are bringing their animals with them. Animals are impacted in countries wherever people are impacted. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that today. And my co-host today is Mary Bonsall. Welcome, Mary. Can you tell us about today's guest? Hi, thanks, Carrie. Yeah, today's guest is Kelly Donathan. She is the Director of Animal Disaster Response for the Humane Society International. And as we're recording this, actually, Kelly is probably working on packing up her bags because she is headed to Poland on Saturday to assist in our relief efforts over there. Really incredible work. Thanks for being here today, Kelly. Yeah, thank you for having me. So Kelly, maybe we can kick off. I mean, can you tell us about what you'll be doing? I, it just seems like just incredible. You know, this is is unfolding by the minute, obviously. And, you, you know, do you know what you'll be doing once you get into the country? Yeah, I mean, as soon as the um, the crisis started, and I think like everyone, I mean, we've, we're just seeing what's on the news and that the incredibly fast exodus of people leaving Ukraine, you know, seeking safety, um, in the neighboring countries. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like every other foot piece of footage or photo, they have pets. I mean, the Ukrainian people have not, you know, even really considered in many cases, uh, an adoption to leave their pets behind. And as the refugee crisis um, is expanding, I mean, we're already over two and a half million people have left the country um, that, you know, some of those Western cities like Lviv are becoming um, uh, major hubs for internally displaced persons that are that will be also um, probably seeking to leave uh, in the near future. We really want to do something to help uh, refugees that are, are leaving and, and especially those with their pets, as that's something that we, you know, are able to address in our role. So as we've been watching and talking with the different um, players on the ground in our country offices, and um, we have country directors in Poland and Romania, um, so we've been able to get a lot of good, quick information um, we quickly decided something that would probably be very useful is to create some uh, pet relief packs. Uh, you know, people are leaving with, you know, clothes on their back, their pets, mm -hmm. their children, um, maybe a few essentials that they can carry. Um, but especially even if they had more with them and then they have to walk the last few days and many miles to the border, they may have to leave things. And so we wanted to be able to provide them um, with some of those essential items that will enable them to hopefully keep their pets with them um, for the, the still very long journey ahead once they uh, reach um, the border and get out of Ukraine. So that's what I'll be doing. Um, I'll be meeting up with our country director in Krakow, um, Poland which is a few hours uh, from one of the main border points. Um, we are collaborating with uh, Mars Incorporated, who is very generously um, donating some space at a warehouse that we can stage and oh, begin, yeah, begin assembly of these packs. Um, so working on procre procuring those items. Um, again, we're trying to keep it very lightweight. We don't want to add to anybody's burden of what they're having to carry, but hopefully some of these items will become you know very useful as they you know, they're not spending very much time in some of these initial areas and then they venture on um, further into the EU and beyond. So um, we want to do whatever we can to, to keep families together. That's excellent, Kelly. Really amazing work. Can you talk to us a little bit about your partner in Ukraine, you animals and what they're doing currently? 
Sure. Yeah. You Animals is um, a Ukrainian-based animal protection organization. They don't run any shelters themselves, but they campaign um, actively uh, in this space um, for animal welfare. And since the um, war started, they were, have just been very well positioned um, to connect quickly with shelters and um, veterinary clinics and rescues and zoos and wildlife shelters. I mean, basically anywhere throughout um, Ukraine that is, is uh, keeping and caring for animals, including even individuals who are now amassing you know, hundreds of animals that they're trying to care for in some of these heavily affected cities. Um, so we figured rather than trying to get our funds to a lot of these different uh, smaller groups, they were better positioned to really get that aid to those local groups who are so severely affected at the moment. They don't need to be bogged down with trying to get an international transfer. If we can enable and empower you, you animals to continue their work and continue to get that, that aid out there, that's we thought was the most effective way. And, and um, they've been doing incredible, incredible work throughout the country. Kelly, thanks. I, I, you know, I wanted to ask you connected to that issue. Um, I know, you know, we've had some incredible, you know, like donors are obviously everyone's reading the news. People want to help. We've had some folks reaching out to ask, you know, can they send pet supplies from the U S to the Ukraine? And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about, you know, like why we've chosen to sort of take this particular approach and why some of that sort of like, as much as it's incredibly good intentioned, like some of the sort of like sending of in-kind stuff doesn't always work. Yeah, it's always really challenging, and and I can totally empathize with the with that desire to want to send yeah. you know things that you think are going to be really useful and are of a need. And and the further you get away from the situation, the harder and more complicated and less cost effective truly it is to send those those items, um, especially when we're talking about a region that that does have a lot of the the needs there within Europe. Um, thankfully, they're not cut off from having um, a lot of that humanitarian like aid and and pet care items and things like that. Um, and so sending things from the U.S. is is truly um, a bit more cumbersome. It's going to take a lot longer, a lot more funds, carbon footprint, you know, all these things. Um, and sometimes you don't always know exactly where they're going to end up or they, by the time they get there, is it going to be at a place that it's still really needed? Um, and we've mm-hmm. just seen time and again, um, you know, all this really good intentioned uh um, gifting becomes quite a burden actually on the, the recipients themselves and, and costs a whole nother, um, challenge that they have to, yeah, to manage. More logistics, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So trying to get funds to the people that really know exactly what's needed and when and enable them and empower them to be able to address immediate um, needs quickly is, is really the most efficient way. Um, that said, we are also, um, there are needs to get pet food and stuff into Ukraine. Um, but again, not coming from the U.S., there's plenty of resources there within Europe and Eastern Europe. So we are um, also working through partnerships to to try to get um, where we can uh, pet food and supplies on humanitarian convoys that are already mm-hmm. going in. That's as um, Yeah, these groups are even saying that they're hearing that this is a need that the, that the people in Ukraine are asking for. Um, and, you know, we have one really amazing partnership that we're we're really excited about is with the Romanian Red Cross and um, the first town of pet food that is, I think, probably being loaded as we speak. We'll mm-hmm. be heading over there on Friday into Ukraine. So um, we're really grateful that they uh, let us know that this was something that they're hearing is, is needed where they're going and um, and we're happy to to fill that need. 
Thanks, Kelly. I mean, like, if we can stand a moment of levity in this incredibly difficult topic, I will say that what this was reminding me of when we were talking about this earlier was um, when I was in the field during Hurricane Katrina, when we were on on site at the disaster relief place in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, randomly one day, this truck full of donated supplies showed up at the proving grounds and it was loaded to the to the brim with boxes of women's thong underwear. And oh, I was dear. just like, this is a classic example of why sometimes donated supplies are not actually yeah. donated in that moment. So yeah, yeah, you know, just so everybody knows, like that's that's the reason that we're sort of focusing on funding because the groups, you know, like right. sending money is best right now because the groups that are there actually know what what is needed and can actually spend that money accordingly. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's so true. Kelly, can you talk, is this something that we've ever done before, actively sending tons of pet food into a war-torn area? I mean, is this is, seems historical. I think in so many ways, the situation is something that a lot of groups haven't truly faced um, on the scale, on the, the, the speed that this situation is evolving or devolving really at times. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're, we're quite... Um, fortunate in the fact that we happen to have country offices in Romania and Poland and, and also in Germany and Italy that um, enabled us to be quite quick on the requests um, for some of this um, and closer, uh, you know, to be able to react. So that that was, um, you know, we're not always in that position. Um, and, you know, I don't think this, you know, we have, it's been challenging at times, um, and other sort of conflict situations, not always necessarily having the kind of, um, resources available. Like we are here with, with Europe being, you know, bordering this, this crisis and having mm-hmm. been, you know, being able to make these partnerships and get in. So I would say, yeah, this is definitely something, um, on this level and scale that it's new for us. Um, first time, at least on, you know, this, this scope and, uh, you know, we're just, doing our best to, to keep up with what's happening and, um, and be flexible and, and, uh, answer any calls that we get. Yeah. It sounds, I, I, it sounds like it's really great that we have some partners on the ground. I was looking, I, I know we're working in Germany with a group called Berliner Tiertoffel and like not speaking German, I had to look up what Tiertoffel <laughs> meant because I was like, what is a Tiertoffel? And it sounds like they like, this is a pretty amazing group that is already doing, it's kind of similar to the work that we do with Pets for Life, where they help people who have kind of come upon financial hardship and need help caring for their pets in, in this sort of interim period. And now they're stepping up to do this, this work around the refugee crisis, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And actually we're, um, just yesterday we, we were able to, um, expand this, uh, to the hamburger tier truffle. Um, so oh, Hamburg is now also seeing, uh, you know, a large influx of, of refugees entering the city and immediately, you know, our, our country director jumped on it and, and reached out and, and so we're, we're launching the same sort of um, partnership and project there so that, um, refugees as pets are able to bring um, their animals there for, for veterinary care, um, and uh, and get whatever supplies that they need. So yeah, it's really important. I think we have to remember, like, you know, these border points are really critical to get that essential aid to. But this is a long, it, you know, it's it's long in the journey and it's long in time. So um, we have to be prepared to to help um, support, uh, you know, these people and their pets for as long as we can. And hopefully, you know, this crisis doesn't. Um, you know, extend any farther than, than any of us want to see. But I, I think we're all realistic in that even if it ended tomorrow, there's still going to be massive Tremendous um, need, right? need for, yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Kelly, do you have an anticipation on how long you yourself will be over there helping out uh, boots on the ground? Yeah, I mean, I um, I anticipate at least a couple of weeks. Um, you know, we want to get the the packs operational, and um, that uh, our initial goal is a hundred thousand packs to get started along the Polish border. Um, we, you know, are also looking at. Um, providing aid at other border points um, in Slovakia and Hungary and Moldova and Romania. So it's a long, it's a long border and a lot of need. And again, I think, you know, um, we've been a bit astonished to see how many pets are coming across every day. It's not like a random pet here and there, right? They're, they're in every, they're everywhere. And, um, as, you know, and we just want to make sure that people you know, are, are greeted with that sort of support um, so that, you know, we have heard of cases where people get to that sort of zone of safety and then feel it's kind of as far as they can take their pet. It's been, you know, so challenging. They're, um, you know, maybe unable to find uh, pet-friendly transport onto the next point or pet-friendly housing. Um, and so that's something one of the partners that we um, just provided um, more funding to in Poland is um, actively t- um, trying to help navigate this and, and help people um, with pets get that uh, that transport and, um, and housing all the way across Poland as needed um, so that they can keep their pets with them. Kelly, I don't know if you can speak to this at all. I mean, you know, like I think what you're talking about now, I mean, I think one of the first pieces of news that I saw coming out of um, the Ukraine was uh, around there's a there's a really well-known chef, Jose Andres, who runs a mm-hmm. group called World Central Kitchen. And he was he was sort of at the border really quickly and, and was really remarking in his Twitter feed about how many people were coming across with animals. But I think one of the questions I, I've started to see a few things in the news around like animals, not pet animals, you know, animals in zoos and how is how some of them are impacted. Are we doing anything sure. there? Or do you have any information about kind of like how people are handling that, those situations? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any any human or animal untouched by this crisis yeah. in Ukraine. Um, and so there are hundreds of thousands of animals that are in zoos, wildlife sanctuaries, um, rescue centers, uh, private ownership. There is a, a quite a um, active uh, exotic pet ownership um, in Ukraine. So people mm-hmm. having, you know, exotics. Um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, posts about, you know, uh, people having their wild cats and not being able to bring them across because mm-hmm. they're either not considered pets or um, there's been some, I think, exceptions at times. And we, um, one of the other great things about you animals and why we, you know, are really uh, dedicated to to supporting them is that they are um, reaching out and supporting these facilities as well and making sure oh, that they're great. getting mm-hmm. additional aid. Yeah. And there have been a few um, evacuations. I know some, I'm sure you saw like some of the big cats and other animals from Kiev Zoo were able to get to, mm-hmm. um, to Poland. But as you can imagine, just the logistics yeah. of traveling with some of these animals is like pretty extreme in the, you know, in the best of times. And so trying to do this where they can't even really truly get access outside of the city, um, you're dealing with large, dangerous, or potentially, you know, uh, fragile animals and, and trying to get them across, um, Mm -hmm. during that time is definitely a whole, a whole different challenge. And so, um, we're just trying to look for, for any options that we can help support, um, those facilities, uh, in country for now and help them, you know, continue to care for the animals. But we've, we've heard really horrific stories. I know there were two keepers at one of the zoo, um, two days ago who were shot and killed, Mm. um, going to care for the animals. Um, so, and there's been animals killed as well, Mm. or, you know, at least, um, indirectly through shelling and just stress 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unimagin- unimaginable that the suffering, um, that's happening for both people and animals in these situations. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. I know you've got a lot on your plate and, um, I hope you travel safely. I hope you stay safe over there along with all the rest of the folks who are helping with this. And let's just all, um, hope that this situation ends soon and that, that people get some sense one particular, one particular person. And then let's, let's hope this nightmare is, is over soon and that, um, we can do what we can to reduce the suffering involved. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. This is Humane Voices. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. <laughs>